weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys in their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is The Magic Mike Show, Mr. Summit. Mike Short, huzzah! Yeah, I get this I was, adjusted I, I just, here. Oh, I was gonna say I'll move mine up because you're yeah you're in new surroundings again. You uh, you left the island life behind for a little bit. Well, you know, I got that that little stop over here before we headed up to Saratoga next week. So just kind of living that road road trip life. I uh, gotta say the the puppy and the daughter are absolutely loving it. We stayed in a royal hotel with a uh, big old pool the last couple of days. So Lily was super excited about that. Zoe was not allowed in the pool, so she wasn't oh. as excited about it. But she is uh she loves hotel rooms because she just runs in and jumps immediately on whatever bed she wants to jump on, and that is her bed for that whole trip. That's awesome. I, I remember doing that as a, as an only child growing up. It was that way for me too, or at least I tried to. My dad would usually. I I learned later it depended solely on if I had the bed that was closest to the air conditioning register. My dad, <laughs> as I've become an old man now, like him, uh, the you know your body probably you too. Your body heat gets a lot warmer, and so like the closest I am to the AC is just that's perfect, and that's what he wanted to. Well, really, everyone's happier that way because then I don't turn the AC on 59, right? Like, the, if, yes, if I'm further awesome. away from it, I got to crank that thing way down just to get that air to me. And everyone in between me and that AC is freezing. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say a different F word, but yes, also freezing in that sense. Mike, yeah. uh, listen, uh, aside from the new surroundings, we have the final weekend because, as you mentioned, Saratoga opens soon. Final weekend at Belmont Park. Um, I haven't been following racing long enough to say that this is the best Belmont Derby of Belmont Oaks ever. This is the best ever from since I've been following. These two fields, I mean, we've got 10 in the Oaks, 13 in the Derby, lots of Europeans coming over. This is an exciting sequence, buddy. Yeah, I kind of feel like Breeders' Cup races, to be honest with you, because we're not getting, like, the B team anymore. We're getting, like, the A-minus team now coming over from Europe for these races. So you're getting significantly better Europeans coming in. You can see that more American trainers are now pointing to these races, like, you know, going to give Kenny McPeak credit here. Clearly said, I want to have make sure Tis the Bomb is going to fire a shot here and see what we can do in this spot and leading him up to this race. So it's interesting to see U.S. trainers specifically targeting these races and then European trainers taking the time and the effort to figure out who they're going to have run in there because they want to go after these massive purses. Are we sure Kenny McPeak was targeting the race before a week ago? Are we sure? Um, You know what? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's also got classic Causeway in there. Who raced so I, a week ago? Well, you know, I benefited the doubt. There was a whole plan that, that just make sure Classic Causeway is fresh. Don't don't tip your hand on Tis the Bomb, the Breeders' Cup fake champion. Make sure that you have your your like your route here to go to give them the best possible chance. The best part about that that could very well be true. Before what Kenny McPeak has been thinking, that was not a joke. But we have. A big show, the Belmont Park, late pick five, Saturday, July 9th. Forgot what month we're in. July 9th, Mike. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up.
You're supposed to talk. This is your turn. Oh, yeah, that was my thing. My bad. Hey, if you're looking for a place to play the Belmont Late Pick 5 this Saturday, go over and check out our friends over at BetPTC.com. Sign up with the promo code DUDES. Get a $200 cash bonus after you bet $750 into your account. And don't forget to play King of the Hill this weekend. Uh, we're midway through Season 2. you got to shout a free BCBCC. All you got to do is when you make a bet, click the little contest button up on the on the uh, wager form. That'll push you into the contest. As long as you bet $200 on Saturday, you're eligible to win a BCBC seat as long as you score enough points. Boom, and you can join Mike Samich and Dr. Tang at the BCBC for that fun. But, Mike, leg one of the late pick five Saturday, July 9th. What a way to start this off. The grade one Belmont Oaks, 10 three-year-old Phillies going a mile and a quarter on the inner turf. Six of these born overseas. Five of them are coming from overseas. Three of them are with Chad Brown. You talk about American trainers targeting this. Chad Brown seems really pissed off. He hasn't won this enough times. So, Mike, where are you going on top? I'm going to start out hot here. Look, I, I was trying to figure out how to structure this sequence because I thought this was a very deep sequence. And so I, I'm going to spend $54 on my ticket here. I'm probably going to spend more on Saturday on the Sama Bombs ticket. That'll probably be around $145, somewhere in that range, maybe $135 when I kind of structure it. Because of that $54 price tag i'm going to kind of suggest some horses and some later legs i don't use on my ticket that i think are worth adding or you could add if you want to make you want to do that i'm going to start out by singling the 10 concert hall here i mean one of the things that we've talked about is that you really have to respect the heck out of appleby and o'brien all of the o'brien clan when they ship horses overseas and specifically here with o'brien and more one thing that i thought was really interesting about concert tour is the fact that this is the exact same path that we've seen more used to bring over past champions who've actually turned around and won this race. So uh, the last two years, he's had the winner of this race. Both years, he set it up exactly the same way, um, running them in the uh, the Pretty Polly first. So you had both Santa Barbara and Athena come from the Pretty Polly, come over here, run in this race, fire big shots. Feels like he's got the idea of what he wants to do to build this horse up and get this horse to run its A-plus effort. I'm going to go with Concert Hall, single to start this thing out and try and get a three-to-one shot home and, and blow this ticket up. So you and I are both taking shots early, singling. Um, I singled in the next leg, which I think, uh, you know, not 10 horses, still somehow a little bit riskier, but we'll talk about that in a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, Concert Hall was my second pick, and we're talking like 1-1-A here. I think uh, until until the end when I structured my ticket finally, Mike, I was too deep. I ended up finally going three deep, but I love Concert Hall. Everything you said about her uh, is is <clears throat> right on point. Uh, you got to think that Aiden and Joseph O'Brien and Charlie Appleby, the horses they bring over, they've been doing this long enough. They know which horses in their barns need this kind of American, kind of firmer turf, and which ones will suit the American style of racing better, too. Because remember, there's a lot of speed in American racing that they're not necessarily used to uh, out of the gate early. So, yeah, definitely love Concert Hall here. You brought up all great points. Uh, the one that is my top pick that it, uh, is Charlie Appleby's. It's the four with the moonlight. This is a horse that was very highly regarded from the moment she debuted when she was a two-year-old. Now she's going to be third off the layoff here at age three. We're getting Frankie DeTore aboard for the first time. Uh, he came over three times – or sorry, he came over to race with Charlie Appleby last year. They had three starts together. They won all three of them. They were all grade one races on the turf. So they know what they're doing when they team up together in North America. Uh, the new free agent, Frankie DeTore, right, because John, he and John Gosden kind of went split. So, hey, why not jump on with Godolphin and Charlie Appleby? Um, Appleby is – sorry, go ahead, Mike. I'm talking a lot. Go ahead. Yeah, not a bad place to land. I mean, this is this is a, a daughter of Frankel out of a da Bowie mare, just absolutely regally bred. And that's one of the things that pops out to you when you look at these horses. I mean, Concert Hall is a, 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 a daughter of Bowie out of a Galileo mare. I mean, some of the breeding for this distance is just so phenomenal and so above and beyond what we have in the U.S. here. 
it's hard to pick other horses in this spot, just to be totally honest, because of the level of racing that they have faced over in Europe and this, the, the way that they are bred. It's tough to shy away from some of these horses. I had the four as my second choice with the Moonlight. I was originally 3 deep here as well. Um, I, I ended up, again, single in concert hall. Who was your third horse? I, I did go to an American with my third horse, although I think you can make a nice case for the nine horse here if you want to. <laughs> well, there, you asked who I use in your spot. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, the nine horse, Agartha. Uh, Agartha. I like to say Agartha because it's like a little southern drawl, even though this is an Irish horse. Um, Agartha for Joseph O'Brien gets John Velasquez aboard. If you remember last year in the Saratoga Oaks, Joseph O'Brien brought over a horse that didn't really look like was a win contender on paper and John Velasquez got in the saddle and they won the Saratoga Oaks at a very juicy price 17 to 1 yeah off of a 20 to 1 morning line it was just a horse was completely ignored uh for Agartha or Agartha aside from the connections here you have a horse that has uh, the elites breeding here Caravaggio you know this because you love to play Ascot and Caravaggio horses elite sprint sire but what Mm -hmm. you have with a Dylan Thomas dam sire this is a horse that won uh, the grade one Arc de Triomphe, the horse that would excelled at best at 10 furlongs, which is what we're going to be running here. Uh, this, to me, feels like a horse that's going to have enough speed to be in it early with the Americans. Velasquez can decide if he wants to go to the lead or kind of sit off a little bit with the four horse and then has that distance uh, pedigree from the dam side that I think really makes her quite sneaky here. Yeah, look, I... I... If I ended up singling somewhere else, I was planning on going four deep in this spot. The nine horse would have been the fourth on the ticket for me. I, I think Concert Hall has her covered. That's the main reason why I, I was thinking in that manner, and that I, I feel like I have the, the one to, to the nines too, right? Um, I agree with our friend here, Nick Feldman. I think McKeelick's a little interesting on the rail. That would be the third horse that I would use if I went three deep here. I, I think that's the one American that's in here with a shot. I like the fact that she took a nice step forward second time out, stretching out a little bit of Churchill. You go back and watch that race. She wasn't awesome, but she was getting better. And this is a daughter of Frankiel as well. This has more of that European breeding that Klarevich decided to to bring over. And so when you look at how this horse is bred, she's bred more like a European horse. I think she's going to love every bit of the distance. There's some tactical speed from the rail there as well. You get Irad aboard. Uh, To me, McCulloch is the horse that's kind of dangerous. Because I don't want to pick a U.S. horse that, that is trying to beat the Europeans at closing. I want to pick the U.S. horse who's going to be forwardly placed, gets first run, and they have to come catch. To me, that's the one horse, McCulloch. I agree with you. The nine, Agatha, is, is usable as well and, and most likely, and is the most logical third European horse to use if you're going three deep. Uh, McCulloch, my issue with her, and, and this could very well be that maybe she didn't take to the Churchill turf. That was an issue for a lot of horses, right? I'm worried that she's a little bit of a hanger, uh, that she's had three chances where I, the, the Miss Girl actually give her a, pa- a pass. Cause I know she got an extremely wide trip in just her second career start. But, uh, those two races at Churchill, I thought that she should have been able to get the job done, especially in the regret. I understand the Edgewood. You were there. You saw New Year's Eve looked fantastic. Who's in this race as well. We're getting third off the layoff. I just, McCulloch, if I'm playing you know, exact a trifecta super. She's everywhere underneath. She's just not in that top spot for me. I think it's fair. I mean, I, 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 I'm assuming that the distance is going to take give her a step forward. I, I think that that yes. mile and eight was a little short. She was starting to grind there. I think the mile and a quarter is what she wants. I think this is the first time she gets it. And again, the tactical speed to me, especially with the way Belmont's turf has been playing the last two weeks, which has been very forward favoring, it makes her a little bit more interesting in this spot as, as a someone who I think is going to go overlooked for a pretty talented horse. I think it's eight to one morning line or six to one morning line. You're going to get every bit of that on a Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz, Clarevich horse because of the other contention in here. 
Well, one of three Chad Browns, you've got six to one. McCulloch's the best price on the morning line. Hotties five to one, and consumer spending's five to one. And that's the one that's to me is the sneakiest of the Chad Browns because it's Manny Franco. When you've got Pratt and I rad riding the other two, we've seen this multiple times in these big grade one races. Manny Franco is a damn good rider when you give him a Chad Brown horse, right? Yeah, and he would be the second Chad to me. I don't like Howdy at all in this spot. I, that would be the one Brown that I, I would be kind of fading. I just the numbers aren't there. I don't think the last couple of races were as good. Consumer spending obviously has the back class as well. I mean, this is a horse that they put in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf. So they, they thought a lot of this horse. I mean, Howdy was in there as well. But that first race, that Penn Oaks, just left me something to be desired, even though it was a pretty easy win. It was against absolutely nothing. And now this is second off. lot Big time step up. Um, I, I just – consumer spending to me just – I need to see more and I just haven't seen it yet. And and that to me is the biggest issue is that you feel like she's had chance after chance after chance to kind of show that awe inspiring performance and just never kind of came out. And that's, you know, that's not what you want from Chad Brown horses. You want that turn of foot. That's devastating. Uh, you know what you don't want if you're Chad Brown is the news that Joseph O'Brien is going to have a string at Saratoga this summer. Not supposed to be a big string, but I don't think it needs to be. I think Joseph O'Brien is going to have the right horses to bring our. I think that's pretty awesome that Coolmore is like, let's have a, let's send some horses and just plant them in New York and see how many of these grade one big money races we can win. Follow the money, baby. If, if you make these purses big enough, you're going to get those European horses to start coming over here. It gets a lot more fun. Let's move on. Second leg of the late pick five at Belmont Park. Saturday, July 9th, race eight is the grade three victory ride stakes. You got seven three-year-old fillies going six and a half furlongs on the dirt. And Mike, when six of the seven entered, looked like they all want to go to the front early. What the hell do you do? Man, you consider the seven on top at eight to one, even though he's an she's, she's an inferior horse. That's what you do. I mean, uh -huh. Sterling Silver took a really long look for me because she just she's the one horse that wants to close. And and Happy Soul has a ton of speed. It's a Ward Velasquez horse. That horse is sending. Pretty Birdie, probably the fastest of all these horses, 100% sending. Even Stand Up Comic on the rail wants to go if you end up here instead of at Delaware. It's funny. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna spoil it here. I, I I could. We both have the same top pick, and you're singling. So I, I think it's kind of interesting. I'll let you talk about this. I actually saw this horse in person and bet a large amount on this horse in a contest uh, last time out. Oh, last time out. I thought you were going to say her debut. Uh, yeah, the number two smash ticket for Todd Fincher debuts at Lone Star, loses to Wicked Halo, multiple stakes winner since then. Uh, smash ticket goes to Del Mar, is favored to win her debut at Del Mar, where you've got the, the D'Amato's and the Bafferts and the Sadlers and all that. And she won very impressively, goes to grade two Sorrento, if you watch that race, you'll go bald, if you better, because you just pull your hair out watching her. It's insane uh, how bad that trip was. But I, she, to me, is the horse that, uh, you know, like I said, six of the seven here look like they want early speed. She's the one of those six that I trust the most to be able to rate and still get the job done. Mike Smith being aboard can be a little iffy for me, but I think he'll see a pace duel. He'll go let them go off. Uh, Todd Fincher actually said that, I think, in the DRF article. He's, they'll just let the front runners do the dirty work. And when you hear that, let everybody do the dirty work, you go, got it. Six and a half instead of six. I think that's the ticket, Mike. Well, the fact that it's a six and a half makes this race really difficult. I mean, that's the other part of it. Because like Happy Soul, Pretty Birdie, Hot Peppers, they can get six without a problem if they're burning up front. Uh, if all three of them decide to go, then it gets a little more funky, especially that final half furlong. Look, Todd Fincher's not as well-known as some of these other trainers. Very good horseman. Very good horseman. Does very well at Sam Houston. Does very well at uh, Lone Star. You don't see him ship to Del Mar very often. 
he knew what he had. I mean, that really that that tells you, okay, I have a, a runner here. That's why that horse went to Del Mar. I want to be part of the ship and win. I want to go into a bigger stakes purse. I don't want to waste my maiden special weight in a thirty thousand dollar purse. I want to go after a bigger purse with it. All of that was apparent. This horse came back and was bet down hard at Lone Star. That was the tournament day or tournament weekend at Lone Star, and looked like a freaking monster. Now, didn't face much. But man, that horse had run all day. And the fact that we're going to go ahead and say, okay, we had a, you know, we, we picked a pretty tough spot to try and break our maiden when we go to Del Mar. We went right into a grade two. Now we're going to ship out from that Lone Star and we're going to go right to Belmont and see what happens here. Tells you everything you need to know about Smash Ticket. I mean, Smash Ticket is going to be ready to roll here. You're going to get the best effort. I love the fact that that first race chasing Wicked Halo, she closed. She was, she was further back. The Sorrento, she closed. She didn't win those races, but she at least showed the ability to make up ground. That last half furlong should be her half furlong, as well as the seven sterling silvers, and give them a chance to go and catch whoever is going to outlast the other two in the speed duel. Yeah, the uh, by the way, the seven sterling silver initially when I was doing my ticket, I thought I would be too deep, and that's the other horse that I would use here for the, the pace collapse scenario that we're talking about. Um, I was initially for my on top because they're five to two, two to one, couldn't use both. I did like your other horse here, Pretty Birdie. She's a two-to-one favorite, but I think big angle for you probably is that she's cutting back from seven furlongs and and not embarrassing herself at seven furlongs. No, I mean, she lost to Wicked Halo and Matareya the last two starts. That ain't bad, man. And, and she was faster than both of them. I think Pretty Birdie is the speed of the speed. And when you have a, a speed duel that's going to develop, take the fastest horse, okay? Don't take the second or third fastest <laughs> horse. Just take the fastest horse. That's the easiest way to do it if you're going to play one of the speeds. I don't think Hot Peppers can keep up with Happy Soul and with Pretty Birdie. I think Pretty Birdie is faster than Happy Soul. I wish Pretty Birdie was inside of Happy Soul. It would make me feel even better about this because I don't really want Pretty Birdie too wide with like a length or half a length ahead of Happy Soul who's right on the rail on your inside. But I still think Pretty Birdie is your fastest horse here. So I'm going to take your speed. I'm going to take who I believe is your most talented horse, Smash Ticket. I'm going to take who this race sets up the best for, which is Sterling Silver, which is coming out of longer races. and It has the ability to close. Uh, makes all perfect sense, especially with singling in that first leg. Yeah, it love the way that she structured this ticket. See if it hits second or sorry, third leg now of the late pick five at Belmont Park. Mike, the, I guess this is the feature, although the Oaks is pretty damn good too. The Grade One One Million Dollar Belmont Derby. You've got thirteen three-year-old boys going to Mount a quarter on the inner turf course. Line them up. Who you got? This is a great field. This is a great field. I'm going to take a shot here. I'm going to put the the eight horse Royal Patronage on top at twelve to one. A um, little bit spicy here, but I think if you if you look back and look at what this horse did, and it debuts as a three year old, runs very well in a Grade One. Uh, Corbus and Native Trail, we both saw at at come back at Royal Ascot. Corbus won at Royal Ascot, I believe. Native Trail won at Royal Ascot as well. Um, may have been somewhere else though, but the two of them both coming back ran well there. So that's a very good race. Takes a step forward next time out. Improves on that first time four number in the grade two Dante stakes. Misses to Desert Crown by three lengths. Okay. Now, the next race is the one why you're going to get 12 to one. In the Kazoo Derby just doesn't run a step, right? Just draw a line through that race. That's kind of my take on it. You were only three lengths behind the winner. Now you're 28 lengths back. It just, it didn't, it wasn't your day. But because of that, you're now getting a horse that is starting to, to kind of get that progression going and be able to now have fourth off the layoff, come over here, starting to build up that three-year-old stamina, land in a good spot. And I like the fact that you get Rosario, who's a jockey who knows this track very well. There is a ton of pace in here. Well, not a ton, but there's a good amount of pace in here for a mile and a quarter race. I think Rosario, this is one of the horses I want him on. This is where you could see him get a really nice trip and have a big-time close on a horse that should take to the ground, should like the added distance, and, and – 
if you go back to that race two back, I think is good enough to win. Yeah, absolutely. I went four deep here, and, and uh, I went all Europeans, but I definitely like Royal Patronage. All great points that you brought up. Something I want to say now, because the, they're going to be commonly brought up or discussed here, two horses that you need to know about in European racing. Desert Crown, who is the king of the three-year-olds on turf in Great Britain, and Vadini, who is the king of the three-year-olds on turf in France. And both of those horses very important here. You're going to see them show up uh, in the um, – Past performances here, like you do for Royal Patronage. Yeah, all great points there. My top pick, this shouldn't surprise anybody, Nation's Pride, Charlie Appleby, Horace Godolphin. I love Appleby so much. I didn't bring this up last race, but um, I'll save it for this one. In is, the it last the, is it the chicken wings or is it is it, you know, the French fries? Why do you love Applebee's? God, that was a bad joke. I actually hate Applebee's. That is a disgusting restaurant. <laughs> Applebee's oh, is terrible. I'm sorry for anyone who likes it. <laughs> uh, and sorry to Mr. Applebee's. I know you were a subscriber <laughs> until just now. Uh, no, Charlie yeah. Appleby, last five years in North American grade one races, 25 starts, 12 wins. Now, keep in mind, twice last year, he went 1-2 in the Just-A-Game in the Diana Stakes. So, really, he's 12 for 23 if you just take those two, or two stats out. Charlie Appleby as well as anybody, including Aiden O'Brien, knows what it takes to win with European horses in America. So I'm going to ride with Nation's Pride, a horse that won four straight, uh, was looking solid as a two-year-old, goes to Dubai, uh, to Maidan, wins the Jumeirah Derby, then goes and wins the Newmarket Stakes. That race was only against three other horses. Doesn't matter. That race was impressive. They send him to the Kazoo Derby, which is the Kentucky Derby overseas, right? Uh, Desert Crown wins that. We've talked about how great Desert Crown is. Desert Crown then goes to the uh, Coral Eclipse Stakes after that in France. Nation's Pride was going there, and they saw that, and they went, never mind, we're going to Belmont. So <laughs> Desert Crown went off and won that race. No surprise. Nation's Pride uh, is, is doing well. So I uh, listen, I love here – I'm sorry. I was uh, – uh, I said Desert Crown. I meant Vadini. I'm so sorry. I did this with Aaron, too. I screwed up. He lost to Desert yeah. Crown. We're going to back this up. He lost to Desert Crown in the Kazoo Derby. No shame there. It looked like a horse. Uh, in the Kazoo Derby that probably should come to America. I bet him in that race. He didn't get the job done. But now we're going to go here because Vadini won the Coral Eclipse Stakes in France, and they were like, we couldn't beat Desert Crown. We can't beat Vadini. They looked at who was in America and went, Emmanuel? Okay, let's go there. So here we are with Nation's Pride. Yeah, I, I have Nation's Pride a second. I think this is the other horse that's really logical. Um, I, I like the eight's price more, 12 to 1. That's why we're going on top there. But yeah, the, the 10 Nation's Pride makes a ton of sense. If you just look at the race two back where Nation's Pride absolutely beat Huyamal uh, pretty ha handily, seven lengths, and then comes back and you see Huyamal was only two and a half behind Desert Crown. I mean, again, in the Kazoo Derby, you can draw a line through the dat for the 10 as well and say, if you go back to that race two back, totally fits as the top pick here. I just like the 12 to 1 price more than I like the 5 to 1 price. So for me, that was that was a big differentiator. I'm going to stay with the European trend. I'm going to Stone Age as my third pick here. It's Aiden O'Brien, Ryan Moore. Talked a lot about them last time. This horse looked great until going into the Kazoo Derby. It was three and a half to one that day, the lowest of any of those three horses that we've talked about going into it. I believe it was actually the second choice in that race behind Desert Crown. He was. I, I don't like the post. That's one of the main reasons that I, I'm, I'm putting this as my third pick and not up there with the top two, but does have some tactical speed, which is not all that normal for a European horse. And we're going a mile and a quarter Belmont. You do have a very, very long run up into that first turn. So you do have the time to be able to kind of make up a little bit of ground um, and, and get some position before you go into that first turn. And, and since you're going two turns at Belmont in these big sweeping turns, the last thing you want is three wide, three wide. That is very, very difficult to win with. So, Ryan Moore's going to have to work out a trip. Horse is the favorite at 9-2. to two. That's why I'm not going to have this horse higher up. But I feel like you kind of have to include all three of these because they are the three best Europeans that are coming over. 
Uh, yeah, Stone Age is my second choice. I don't think there's any other reason to uh, to mention it, uh, to talk about them. All great points. So this is where we diverge. We, we agreed on the 8, the 10, and the 13. Now we split off. My fourth and final one, I'm going with the six machete for uh, Fabrice Chappé and Stéphane Pasquier. Yes, I pronounced, practiced my French a little bit before I ended. I can't practice my English. Maybe I should do that. Uh, we talked about Vidini. This is a horse that lost to Vidini each of his last two races, or, uh, yeah, last two races. So you're taking a huge class drop from the French Derby, the prep for the French Derby, and the race before that, which are basically you're talking about like, like Fountain of Youth Stakes, Florida Derby, Kentucky Derby is kind of like what he was doing there. They also, like Godolphin and Nation's Pride, said, let's not go to the Coral Eclipse and face Vadini again. Let's go somewhere else. So he shows up here. Uh, you're getting 20 to 1 on him, and I understand why you know, you're getting a European jockey coming in. That's a little concerning, but getting a nice price. Look at the breeding. Uh, by my boy Charlie, out of a Galileo mare. Does that sound familiar, Mike? It should. That's just um, uh, <laughs> Sister Charlie. That's her, bre that's her exact breeding right there. So, um, man, this is why I shouldn't do blinkers off before I do magic, Mike. I, I used all my good stuff up there. Seriously, man. You're just killing <laughs> us here. <laughs> uh, if you look at the best running for this horse, if you look at the firm running, so two back, got that firm running uh, going a mile and an eighth, finished his second to Vidini. That's the best time, that, the, the best effort to, uh, behind Vidini. Before that was racing on synthetic when it was getting fast ground. That firm ground gets those nice wind in the stakes, broke the maiden. Point is, the horse is looking for firm ground and should be able to get it in America. I understand if you have hesitations because of the jockey, because we're not getting an American in here, uh, because the horse hasn't won on turf. I understand all those concerns, but I'm getting 20 to 1, and I think this horse is really sneaky, Mike. I considered this horse for a while. My main issue is ticket structure. I don't think that you can use without using the six machete without using the one, the one. and that, and so if I'm going to go with implementation and machete, all of a sudden I'm five deep and I'm actually going to end up six deep here. Cause I am going to use one U S runner. Um, and if you've followed me, you know who I'm going to be using here. We'll get there in a second, <laughs> but look, machete, the best race you have from one horse implementation was that race where machete won by a neck at a mile and an eighth implementation wants the ground wants that mile and a quarter. You get John Velasquez up. This feels like one of those horses that if you're going to play the six and the one wins, you're going to be kicking yourself because you had the right idea, just the wrong horse, right? And so for me, if you're playing the six, you have to play the one. And if you're playing the 10, the eight, and the 13, all of a sudden you're just saying, I'm going to hit the Euro button, Euro all, and that's what you're going to do to try and get through this race without having a, any type of opinion on it. And that's kind of where I said, okay, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the, the horses that are coming, uh, the, not the, the horses that are coming out of the, the Great Britain races, not the French races. And that's kind of where I'm going to target my, my Euros for this spot. I'm going to use one of the American horse the 12 horse limited liability is a horse I have talked about multiple times on this show. Now I'm going to give limited liability one more shot. One of the stable ups, the third one I believe was around a, the allowance race at Keeneland that limited liability won. that race came back to be a monster race. Limited liability came out of that race and went into the grade two Penine Ridge. Emmanuel walked the dog in that race. Okay. I mean, no one made any ground up on Emmanuel. It's one of the main reasons I'm not using Emmanuel is because he's not going to get that same pace set up. I know a couple of people in chat mentioned Emmanuel here. Um, limited liability, close ground. No one else did. And limited liability should like going a mile and a quarter. I'm worried a little bit about the, the, the post position again with that 12 post, but I, I don't want to be sitting there on Saturday. And this horse is the one that is absolutely flying home and improved the exact way that I thought this horse would improve. And this time gets the pace set up that you've surprisingly amount of pace amount, the surprisingly amount of pace for a mile and a quarter race at Belmont here. So I think you get the pace set up today. Now, I don't love trying to be the better closer when you're facing Europeans. That often does not play well. 
that's my biggest concern with limited liability. But at 12 to 1, I'm willing to take a shot here. So I'm, I'm going to use two horses that are like we're both using some prices here and then sprinkling in with the, the Europeans that we think have the best shot. Yeah, and, and a limited liability, uh, a great points. Yeah, I have him as was up for that Keeneland race now, which is pretty fun. About uh, Magic Mike Show 369, if you want to go back and see. We also have it clipped out on the YouTube channel, too. You can see it separately. But this is a, it's the European angle in here. If this was all the American horses... All right. Yeah, I think this this horse would probably be way up there. But you're asking him to be better than Stone Age, to be better than uh, the A horse, to be, be Royal Patronage, to be better than Machete. Uh oh, do we lose Magic or do we lose me? Oh shoot, am I not here anymore? Oh, no, nope, you're back now. It's Sorry, you? it was me. Yeah, our, our right. winner, it's been weird, too. Anyways, we can move on. My point is, I don't hate it. You're getting 12 to Yeah, I'm getting the right price on a horse that I really like. And so that's why I just I got to include it. All right, Mike. So with that note, with the internet crapping out, I think it's a sign because we go from graded stakes action down to the penultimate leg of the late pick five sequence at Belmont Park on Saturday, July 9th. And we're going to be turf spreading with New York breads. There's a dozen of them in here going seven furlongs on the outer course. Where'd you go on top, buddy? Oh, boy. Let's take a swing. I didn't see the morning lines when I saw this. I'm I'm putting the three independent Paul on top, sitting at 10 to one for Barry Schwartz. This is a Horatio DePaz first time starter. He's sneaky, okay? He's like sneaky in a good way. First time starters, 17%, $4.67 ROI. Turf sprints, 19%, $3.00 ROI. With Jose Ortiz, this Belmont meet, 20, 44% with a $5.00 ROI. But the reason I really like this horse, first off, Jose Ortiz has been riding this turf course very, very well. Got a couple of prices on the last couple of weeks. Look at the workout tab. The last three, nothing here. Don't worry about it. 54, 50 and 4, 51 flat, 51 and 4. Then that fourth back, 48 and one. Then that fifth back, 47 and four out of the gate, two out of 53. There's some sandbagging going on here with this three horse, those last three workouts. There's a lot more speed in them than you think. I think this horse can be ready to fire right out of the gate at 10 to one. So give me, give me the three horse independent Paul on top. Damn. That's a great case for a horse I didn't use. Uh, also looking at I, what I did catch my attention with independent Paul was that, uh, uh, deposit Jose Ortiz are almost 50% at the, at Belmont park right now. Like that's, that's insane. 44% through 27 sample size. That's pretty good for a turf sprinting trainer with a horse that has the, the sneaky good workouts that you don't look at because they're no bullets and they're further back. You're going to get eight to one, nine to one. And if this horse goes off at three to one, watch out. He's loaded. Like, <laughs> but you, you should be able to get like eight to one on this horse. And, uh, there's, from the dam side, there isn't a ton of, of turf uh, pedigree, but street sense can overcome pretty much anything with that when turf sprinting. So, all right, listen, I'm already uh, feel like I'm behind the eight ball as I talk about my top pick, the five feathers road, uh, four to one, a lot less sexy than what Mike just gave you. But listen, we got Linda Rice in here. It's turf sprinting, and clearly this is a horse that turf sprinting is the best game. If you look at those four races at Aqueduct, you go, why, why did they try the dirt when it wasn't working well? Linda Rice didn't go down to Florida, and there's no turf racing in Aqueduct during that period of time. So that's why as soon as the turf course opened back up, you see finishes third by a length. The winner was a Chad Brown horse. Uh, the runner-up, Dream Point, returns here. Last time out, six furlongs, firmer course, just misses by a head. We're kind of getting a balance in between. Was two-to-one favorite, two back, nine-to-one last out. We're going to be right in the middle here. I, to me, that feels like this horse is going to break his maiden sooner than later. I got to use him. I know four to one's not great, but he's going to get the job done soon, Mike. 
Yeah, I mean this this horse burns more money than an eighty year old in Vegas at a penny slot, though. I mean, like every single time that you like you get sucked back into Feathers Road because you have these efforts that are good enough to win as long as no one else is that good in the field. Uh, and it feels like it's the same thing here, where you're going to either have the favorite or second choice, and and Feathers Road is probably going to run second or third again. Like it just <laughs> it, that's just kind of what it feels like. We've now had nine races, four seconds, two thirds. I, I just I'm going to use my bullets elsewhere. I, I respect Feathers Road, and I agree with you. Eventually, Feathers Road will win. And you know what else? I will be a loser on that day when Feathers Road wins because I'm just I'm not going to chase this horse. Uh, gone off as a favorite multiple times, and to me, when you have a horse that's consistently going off at sub ten to one and has been a favorite two three times, at that point, I'm I'm not interested because you've you've been against the field before that you should beat, and you did not get the job done. And so I just don't want to chase my money with that. A horse I am interesting chasing a little bit is the seven horse Salt K. Uh, this was a Chad Brown horse. Manny Frank was getting the ride. You mentioned earlier how well they've been doing together. Been in two kind of tough maiden races. That first race at Aqueducts has Gullquist in it, major spin in the last race at, at Belmont. Both of those were supposed to be on the turf. Both of them rained off. This is an angle way back in the day we talked about all the time when a trainer keeps trying to get the horse on the turf and the horse runs well in the dirt and we're still trying to get the horse on turf. <laughs> the horse is better on turf, right? And, and here you have Chad Brown just kind of telling you, hey, I want turf for this horse. We should finally get it on Saturday. According to the forecast, I will want to be leaving the seven salt K out. So I'm, I'm using the three independent Paul and the seven salt K as my two top picks. Yeah, I love this horse. Don't love the price, but we were also taking shots earlier, and that's why I was like, I really don't mind going seven to two and four to one with a couple picks in this spot. Uh, Chad Brown is great with the outer turf course and seven furlongs. You talked about that last show. And, yeah, the, the, you like the fact that the horse that was third, you know, beaten seven and a half lengths, but third in that last race for Salt K did come back to win. It had to go down the maiden claiming level, but was still successful uh, regardless to get the job done. Next up for me, uh, I'm not looking at your ticket, so I'm assuming you used the four Franks art, correct? Christophe Clement, Joao Rosario? Yeah, especially when Christophe Clement owns, uh, I'm a little more interested. He when he's I, You don't see Christophe Clement as the owner very often in these spots. In this case, Franks art, he owns solely. He is the sole owner of this horse. So you know he is going to try and have this horse cranked, and you know he's going to try and have this horse placed well. He gets his main man, Joel Rosario, up. For my money, is probably the best turf sprinting trainer in New York right now. Um, so I, I don't see how you don't use Frank's art here at 8-1. to one. I'm interested to see what the workout reports say tomorrow about a couple of these horses. Um, but, f again, it's like, look, I respect Feathers Road, but I would rather take double the price on the four than half the price on the five. And so, so I'm going to use Frank's art. I'm going to end up three deep here. Um, I am scared of the 12, which got mentioned in the chat, potentially going wire to wire with Irad. I'm not sure if you use that horse. So I'm not looking at your ticket either right now. Um, but the outside draw is what kind of kept me off that horse. I do think there's going to be some other inside speed here. So I ended up going three, four, seven. Hopefully we can catch a price on one, either three of the four, one of the two first time starters. Well, maybe you can convince me to go with the three instead of my last pick here. They have the same odds, um, but I went with the one dream point as my last one here. He, two back, you know, he came very close to winning over this course and distance. The turf was softer, but, you know, we'll see what happens from the uh, – there is supposed to be a little bit of rain from what I can tell in the morning. We'll see how that changes things. But it seems like as a four-year-old, kind of like with Feathers Road, is woken up a little bit in terms of getting closer to winning. The numbers aren't improving, but – you know, was second by a head, was a, a length ahead of Feathers Road, who I'm using. You're not. Uh, and then, you know, didn't close as well last time going six. But now we're going back to seven, so stretching out longer and getting that wider turn. So I guess my question for you should be, uh, the way that I structured my ticket using Feathers Road, using Dreampoint also is a correct move. Is that correct? Based uh, off of that? 
No. I mean, I, why use one career maiden when you can use two, right? No, <laughs> That's your over sixteen, by the way. If you're not looking at PPs, over sixteen. This horse. I, I here's the thing. You know what Dreampoint is, okay? Does Dreampoint's best race win this race? So I'm going to use the three independent, Paul. <laughs> okay, good choice. Thank, good thank choice. you for thank you for. I, I was like Mike could probably dumb this down for me real quick. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Yes, we're going to use it to make a quick little change here. Get rid of the one. I wasn't that in love with him. It was more like if I like the five, I got to use. Yes, we'll stick with the three, Mike. That your top choice. And if he wins, all credit to you for it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Like, There's just some horses where like it's one thing if Dreampoint has run 16 times and, and we see eight stakes winners in the past performances, right? But it's like dancing with daffodils. It's these these middling New York turf sprinters that are in there. It's not the the gangbuster Chad Brown horses, the Clement horses that are that turn out to be stakes winners. Like, and so you got to kind of take a look at that. And if you have sixteen tries and you started out with all of those maiden claimings, and then you stepped up and you just haven't been able to get the job done it either, it, to me that's you need more than ten to one, especially when like you have an option like the three horse there who's sitting there as a, a really unique new shooter that that is more of the unknown versus the known quantity. Uh, I think everybody in the chat got excited about that three hours. We'll see what kind of price we end up getting. <laughs> still hope for t- ah, it's a big field. We'll still get ten to one. Uh, do you want to talk about the twelve real quick? Neither of us used. To me, it was the post. Well, you actually you did talk about it. It was kind of the post thing for me too. Yeah, it's post and price for me. Like we had trouble holding at six furlongs. Every time we've gone six furlongs, we're going seven. I think that one extra furlong is a little bit of a problem. Um, so I, I don't like Haymack. It's Jack going seven. We're going six. There's also other speed in there that I think is going to be an issue. So when you combine the other speed with distance and the fact that, look, this horse is going to get respect. Like the trainer is a, a good trainer. Like that's this is the thing. It's, it's Ortiz is riding for a good barn. The barn shipping in here. But it's not, you know, we've seen this a couple times where you've had this no-name barn and one of the Ortiz gets up and they just air. This is the third time in New York. This isn't the first time. And that, to me, makes a big difference here because it's not like, you know, the first call went right to Irad. He jumped the board. Horse goes gate to wire, right? This is the third race. You've already kind of seen that, that this is not an easy level for him to get past. And the seven furlongs is an issue versus the six he's been going the last two. Thanks for covering for me. Let's move on. Final leg of the late pick five at Belmont on Saturday, July 9th. Race 11. If you're far and you're alive. If you got this far and you're alive, they didn't make it easy for you. That's for sure. Uh, this one is a race where I, I kind of struggled with. I, I chalked out a little bit here. The two Wesley Ward horses just make a ton of sense here. That's the five Sheriff Blanco, uh, who is dropping down in class out of state bread, $80,000 N1X allowances. Was able to break its maiden in a state bred 85k uh, allowance, dropping down to 30,000 and uh, nine winners of two here from a claiming perspective, and just fits like crazy. I mean, so you know that you're going to get the lead with the five horse Sheriff Blanco, or at least be very, very close to it. Uh, so you got to respect the heck out of that, especially with Bradley Ward training, second off the bench for a four year old, too. It's a little scary that this horse is making the drop now and not at Saratoga because a lot of times the ownership group will want to win at Saratoga and we're just a week away. But the drop still makes a ton of sense from that perspective. So um, we are going to use Sheriff Blanco as one of the two horses for me, or one of the three horses for me. I'm going to use the other ward here in After Five as well. After Five makes a lot of sense. Just if you go back to those races at Belmont when it broke its mane and opened $90,000. Source is also respected enough to run third behind Golden Pal in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. So you had a very nice race, a very early career. And again, both of these wards, my main concern is, why are we in for attack? Like that is the, the biggest issue. Why are we going right down to 30 and why aren't we doing it at Saratoga? But to me, the four, five Sheriff Blanco and the six after five uh, who are in gates four and five and really make it confusing um, 
are the two horses that I think make the most sense here. I think we lost Magic again on the freeze because he's now just getting staring off into space over here. So I'm just going to kind of keep talking here. Uh, for me, the third horse on was the 11 horse BC Glory Days. This is kind of a sneaky horse, but we're going to the Rob Atras barn. It's going to be the best barn that he has been in since, uh, since well, ever. Uh, Terranova and Handel are both good, but not quite at Atras's level. And Atras is a better turf sprinting trainer. I like the fact that off the claim, we're going right back to turf sprinting. If you dig deep enough, we've got a good effort at Belmont going seven. We've got a good effort at Saratoga going five and a half. Uh, his best buyer, almost best buyer, is a two-year-old just behind his best buyer, was going a mile over this Belmont turf. I think that the turf kind of fits for BC glory days. And I think there's enough speed for him to try and run them down late. Uh, thank you again for covering for me. I don't know if you heard me. Thank you the last time, but thank you. Again. Uh, yeah, I came in right when you mentioned what I noticed is that the five Sheriff Blanco Bianco is in the four and after five, the six horses in the five, it's very confusing. Mm -hmm. um, I went after five on top with Sheriff Bianco second. I used the words. It's very chalky. I'm with you. Um, the, Third horse that you talked about, I didn't use, but to me, this race beyond those two words is kind of a crapshoot. Uh, for me, I went with horses that I thought would want to go fast early and maybe try and take a gate to wire, and that kind of led me to the three. He's a stone-cold fox. Uh, a horse that, you know, for the first three starts against New York breads, good efforts. The other one, you can forgive, uh, a little bit bumped at the break and then just completely quit out, but rebounded nicely to get the uh, maiden broke at Aqueduct. You know, we're dropping in for a claiming tag because I, I don't know. I don't quite understand this. A little bit of a precipitous drop. I feel like they understand this horse probably doesn't have a ton of value the 30K claiming spot right now. Get him dropped back in and get his confidence back up after losing pretty badly those last two starts, Mike. Yeah, it's a weird spot. Um, don't love the jockey. Uh, you know, not, not, Rodriguez isn't terrible, but I just. Don't love the fact that we didn't try and get someone bigger than this. The, the Brown Barn is ice cold right now, 0 for 20 at the meet, just 6% off this type of layoff. So it's, it's one of those where I think he's going to be a threat early and a, a threat to Sheriff Bianco from a pace perspective, but probably not around late. I actually went the opposite direction that you did. I said, I want to figure out who can kind of close into this because I think there might be quite a bit of pace up front. And I, the one horse, Umbria, was the other one that I thought was kind of interesting here, who's cutting back from um, mild distance, or from longer distances, ran a mile and 16th last time we saw on turf, has a couple of miles in there as well, shows tactical speed going longer, which is what I'm looking for on these turf sprint cutbacks because you got to be in range. You can't be a million back. Um, so I, I have a little interest in the one as well. That was the next one on. So if you want to push my ticket out a little bit, the horses that I left off, if you want to extend my ticket out, actually I'll say it at the end, but the one, the one horse was one of those that almost made the ticket. How deep did you end up going in this like? I went five, six, eleven. I'm I'm intrigued enough by the Atris Barn switch and the price I think I'm going to get on on the eleven that that to me that is worth the the extra ticket cost, especially since I'm only at fifty four bucks. I, like if BC Glory Days is able to win this, it's going to balloon the sequence. So a lot of people are going to hit five, six and move on. So if you can find the horse outside of the five and the six, you're going to create a unique ticket structure. So that's why I'm trying to single early, see if we can get this horse here. Again, like the one horse, if you want to juice my ticket up from $54 to $72, the one horse, the logical horse that you can add on. I'm not sure I'm going to structure it yet for Saturday for the Sama Bombs. If I'm going to single the 10, if I'm going to go 410 in that first leg, uh, the three in the second leg is probably a horse I'm going to add 15 to one. I know uh, Dennis mentioned it in the chat with Irad aboard, who I think can close. So there's, there's some other horses I think are interesting in the sequence, but try to keep the ticket as reasonable as possible for the show. Uh, the last one that I used, uh, I'll go through real quick, is the four-horse Giramonte, uh, you know, almost a maiden, one for 13. Uh, but got the job done when dropping down to maiden 40. Uh, Eric Cell, when he got in the saddle, seemed to really 
Force would do. You can see first time aboard was first off the claim, brought back up to protected ranks at Saratoga and misses by a neck. Uh, next time out, second by three lengths again at Saratoga. Then drops down for 40K at Belmont to get the win. You know, the, the waters got really deep there after that. Now we drop back down. Now he's dropping back too much. Go ahead. Yeah, dropping back in with her friends. That's that was the key, right? And and this is one of those where when you look at, at Giamatti and I I I looked at this horse for a, a while. Um, and Leah Giamatti is the owner or is the trainer here for Giamatti, which is interesting because this horse was claimed. Um, but she's been struggling. She's over sixteen, three seconds, four four thirds. She's having a little bit of a placement issue. It seems like she's overshooting the moon here with, with some of the horses that she's dropping in or placing. And this is a case where I think this horse is actually backing with the friends, right? Like, he, this is for, third off a layoff as a four-year-old. I think you can make a legit case for the four sitting here at 10 to 1. It's one of those I stared at for a while because should get the setup as well if there is as much pace as I expect in this race. All right, we're going to try and wrap this up real quick, Mike. My internet's still fuzzy here. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to put the banner up now. There's our tickets. I'll go ahead and read it out, but I'm going to go 4, 9, 10 with 2 with 6, 8, 10, 13 with 3, 4, 5, 7 with 3, 4, 5, 6. That's a $96 ticket. Mike, you're a little cheaper than I am. Yeah, I was spent 54 bucks. I'm going to go 10 with 2, 5, 7 with 8, 10, 12, 13 with 3, 4, 7 with 5, 6, 11. If you're looking to add horses to my tickets, the three horse and the second leg would be a horse I'd add. The three horse and the third leg would be one I'd look at adding. Um, and in the last leg, I would consider adding uh, the four horse and the one horse as well. So those would be kind of those, those secondary ads if you want to spend a little more than 54. If I went more than the single in the first leg, the one, uh, the Kulik and the four were the two that would that interest me as well. If you want to play consensus ticket, nine dollars. I just did. I did the math. You, you and I have a good consensus. <laughs> uh, good luck if you're playing. We're gonna get out of here before my internet shits out again. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back on Monday. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend, everybody. Oh, join us for the. We'll be live Saturday too. I'm sure. So join us. Follow us on Twitter. We'll take care of all that. Okay, bye. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 